0: Welcome to the Partnership Podcast. Imagine spending a week with a medicine ball handcuffed to your wrist. At three kilograms, it might not sound like much when you first put it on, but carry it around for seven days with no respite and it will quickly become a different story. That's what this week's guest has done to raise funds for ABF, the soldiers charity, and increase awareness of mental health issues. We'll be talking about how these issues can manifest when you're an independent funeral director, the additional impact that comes from the unique pressures of the job and the particular difficulties the past few years have introduced. So I'm delighted to welcome Andrew Crimble today from David Crimble and Sons from Belfast. So Andrew, delighted to see you and this is a first because you're actually in Bulgaria at the moment, aren't you? What have you been doing?
1: Well, yes. Uh, thank thank you, Malcolm, first of all, for the introduction. Yeah, I thought it would take a week out here just uh, skiing. A couple of years since I've been skiing, so the old body's finding it hard. So just a bit of respite, um, but I don't think there was much rest, you know. So, yeah, that's what I'm at over here at the minute. <laughs>
0: all right, good man. Well, um, you, you look as if you've had a good time and you're still in one piece, which is always oh, a good sign.
1: Th- thank you, Malcolm. I, I have had a good time. And uh, unfortunately, the trip ends tomorrow and I'm back to... Uh, business as usual, and family life, you know. So, yeah, look, it's, that's how it goes, you know.
0: Okay, look, Andrew, firstly, I know you've been involved in funerals since you were 18, and your dad has been a funeral director for more than 20 years. Can you briefly take us through your own history and also the businesses?
1: Of course, yeah. Well, my name's Andrew Crimble. Um I'm 40 years of age. Uh, I, I'm a proud father of two children, Alfie and Katie. Um, I've been in the funeral industry since I've been 18 years of age, uh, I took a brief spell out of the, the funeral sector, um, to concentrate on a mechanical background. That's where I what I studied as, um, uh, in in that in between period, my father established uh, our family firm in two thousand and four, uh, and then at that point, uh, I came back into the family firm whenever he was in the position to, to really afford to have me. You know, um, yeah, we have two two funeral homes in Belfast and. Uh, east and south belfast and we have several members of staff ranging from 40 years of age up to about 70 years of age and we've a really good team about it that's great
0: okay so if we can talk about some of the fundraising you've been doing this year i know you've been carrying a medicine ball to raise money and awareness could you talk a little more about what that signifies
1: yeah, so um, I had the privilege of carrying uh, this medicine ball uh, from the 26th of January to the 3rd of February I did the challenge. Um, yep. It was for the ABF charity. Um, the charity on its own didn't really ha- mean an awful lot to me. Um, I-, I knew about that there was combat stress as well, but it was more what the ball signified. Um, having, having a three, three kilogram ball strapped or chained to your wrist and walking about, carrying out business as usual, meeting friends and family, colleagues, clients. It opened up a lot of conversations. And you know, for me, it was so important to carry that ball and be able to tell people why I was carrying that ball. And that ball really signifies the burden of mental health. And the fact that the fact that, you know, particularly men, we don't talk. We we Mm. we're scared to share. We don't want to talk about our feelings. It's not cool to let yourself down, you know. So for me, what it did was it it gave me the opportunity to open up conversations with people. And the added bonus to that was that I was able to uh, to raise money for the for this amazing charity. You know, yep. but it, it it really opened for me, it opened up a chat forum to talk to people. Um and it it got good coverage in in, in my local city in Belfast. Uh, the local news covered it, the different things, you know. So for me, like Working as a funeral director, we, we unfortunately see the the repercussions of mental health. And yeah. People passing away suddenly. And, uh, yeah, you know, so, so, so it was a privilege to do it, but more so for the fact that I could talk to people about what that ball meant.
0: No, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. OK, now, look, you, you've obviously been quite open about mental health issues when you contacted us about fundraising in the first place. And I, I just wonder if there's anything you'd want to say to funeral directors in particular it feels like there are pressures unique to funeral directing that must have an impact on people's mental health, whether or not we talk about them in that way. Are there any areas that
1: particularly stand out in your work? Well, yeah, first of all, you know, in relation to mental health, you know, I don't think anyone really realises. We kind of all suffer from an element of mental health. We just don't acknowledge it. And, uh, I know for myself, particularly, I probably had suffered for several years with, with various spouts of mental health issues um, yeah. and it laterally come into a head. Um, and, you know, from my, from my perspective at that point, I, I, I got, the, I went and got the help I needed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, most of that help was through charities and self-funding Um yeah. But but the key things for me as a funeral director, we we do we do face families. We put on a brave face every day of our our life. We 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 carry our, our problems into work, and when we go into someone's house, we put on a brave face. But yeah. we still have that burden behind us of whatever's going on in our lives. And you know, it's always one of the points I can say to to any funeral director out there, male or female, you know. If you're dealing with families and, and things are difficult, go back to your shop, go back to your business, go back to your line manager and speak mm-hmm. with them. If it, if it's business owners listening to this, put something in place for your employees that you chat to them, ask them how they are, you know, and ask them how their weekend was. Genuinely care about them, you know, you know, it's so important to just be really clear and transparent and ask someone, are you OK? How are you? How do you feel? You know, yeah. because it's too easy to say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Everything's good, but they go home at night and things aren't good. So hopefully, I answered your question. There, I'm not sure. I
0: really- no, yeah, Andrew, you did. Um, that was very helpful. Thank you. And I, I guess my takeaway there is is about being honest, isn't it? When when you're asked that question, being honest to yourself and honest to other people around you. Okay. Now look. Um, clearly COVID's been quite prevalent the last couple of years, and we've referenced it on prior podcasts. And and how funeral directors have been on the front lines of dealing with it, not only when it comes to those who have died in the pandemic, but also in how the restrictions impacted your ability to support families the way you've always done before. So how's that actually been for you in
1: Belfast? Yeah, well, Northern Ireland or Belfast, it's been no different to the to the mainland UK, Scotland, yeah. Wales. You know, it's it's we we've had our problems through the COVID process. A, a lot of those times, you know, they we we the guidelines changed so often we, we, we had to keep up to date with them um but it, it made it particularly difficult reaching out to families you know sitting alongside that family and having that coffee where at the start we, we didn't even know whether we were allowed to do that we weren't sure what what the guidelines were um we we we, we as a as a firm decided to take the approach that we would try and lay as, as closely to as closely to families as we could because you know we we respected that they had lost a loved one. Um, yeah. We 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 put things in place like you know we could do audio calls, video calls with families. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 were aware of in our funeral churches there was restrictions, so we put in um, uh, uh, Zoom or Skype calls that we could people could dial into funerals. Yeah. Um, we we were very fortunate uh, at the time when COVID came along. We had just actually employed a new guy to work for the firm who was also a minister. Yeah. and uh, He was able to arrange funerals, but he was also there to be from a, a clergy point of view for the families, which yeah. meant that there was, the family only were dealing with one person and he, he could arrange a funeral, but also he could do the ministerial role with the family and yeah. also then follow up after the funeral of the family because there was a lot of people right back you know we're coming up nearly yeah nearly two years now yep. this, in March here and um, yep. a lot of families really were on the unknown. On churches some churches were I wouldn't say they were closing but they were it was harder to see a minister it was harder to see a priest you know so that's that's how we as a business we we we, we, we guided and help people you know obviously the, the guidelines are changing but still in, in Northern Ireland um the local crematorium. We only have one here, um, and yeah. you're only allowed twenty eight people in in the building. uh Which uh, are at, at at maximum capacity, you're allowed one hundred and fifty. Yeah. So, so there's a massive massive change, and that obviously concerns families. You know, they have to pick and choose who they bring to their loved ones for farewell. Yeah. You know. so.
0: Now, it's, it's been a really tough time, hasn't it? And, and I guess we're all glad we're, we're sort of emerging out of that now in some sense of normality. Uh, OK, look, t- to close, given that obviously we've got other funeral directors listening to this podcast, if you had to give those other funeral directors some advice on dealing with mental health issues, what would that be? Are there resources you'd recommend or is there any other advice you'd give them?
1: Yeah, well, I, I I sort of touched on it earlier on in the podcast, yeah. but really, you know, there's there's lots so many charities, you know, regional charities, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you know, the first the first thing that I I can't reiterate enough is that you know, if with your staff or even with your clients or or even mm-hmm. friends and family, reach out, mm-hmm. talk, ask, how yeah. are you? How are you keeping? You want to go for a coffee? Mm-hmm. A random act of kindness, maybe bring in a meal for a, a a work colleague who may be single and maybe you don't know what's going on, but you feel there's something going on. Um, yeah. Within our offices, uh, we have screens. And on our screens, they, we would have like daily quotes that would come up, sort of inspirational quotes. Again, I, this was on the back of my mental health. I picked this up. Um, yeah. um, we have the, the helplines for the local mental health charities. Um, there is amazing clubs. Um, I'm in the middle of currently setting up a club it's uh, in Northern Ireland. Alone, it's it's called an Andy's Man Club. It's nothing to do with my name. There's a club in the UK which is called Andy's Man Club. It's a talk shop for men on right. Monday night, yeah, between yeah. seven and nine. Um, okay. uh, they have uh, seventy plus clubs here th- throughout the UK, and yeah. you know th- their their motto is, and I, I'll just read it here. We run talking groups for men who are either going through a storm or currently in a storm. Or have a storm brewing in their lives. You know, yeah. so basically it's a talk shop. It's not, it isn't a counseling service. It is just an open place where you can have a as, as the Scottish guys say, you can have a brew, have yeah. a chat, have a have a handshake, and just have, have someone to talk to and, and someone to listen to, you know. And that's that is what I'll say, you know. But the key thing is, you know, reach out and if, if anyone wants to know anything about this Andy Eastman Man Club. Please reach out to me. Um There's other charities I know. Whenever I wasn't wasn't well, that I contacted the Samaritans and I spoke with them on many occasions. And amazing yeah. charity, amazing charity. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's local charities in all the different regions, you know. But uh, yeah. the key thing is is that if and doubt you think there's someone who maybe is struggling, ask them. Yeah. Be direct. Be honest, and and be consistent. To reach out to that person, you know, don't say you'll do something and let them down because you never know. Maybe that person, that's that's what their their struggle has been that they've been let down. And do so you be consistent? And that's as a colleague, it's also as yeah.
0: a business owner. Wow, that that's brilliant, Andrew. Thank you, and uh i appreciate your offer. Uh, I was going to suggest it if people wanted to learn more or to get in
1: touch with you. I presume you're happy for them to contact you direct. I, yeah, absolutely. I I would be delighted, and you know. Just, on, just on, just one other thing. I just yeah. want to say, um, I, yeah. I, I did the medicine ball challenge, and I, I, I did a lot of Facebook posts and videos, and mm-hmm. Belfast Live, which is like a local news thing, covered it, and Radio Wall Street covered it, and the amount of different people who contacted me, people who I genuinely thought you know, their life was going good, mm-hmm. and reached out and just said, "Look, thanks for sharing and being honest about where you are," and. That offer is on the table for anyone that's listening to this. If if, if they want to chat, an biased chat, lift the phone, yeah. give me a call. Uh, you know, look us up on the phone book or on the internet, and I would love, I'd be delighted to chat with anyone. That is brilliant, heartfelt, honest, and
0: a brilliant story, Andrew. Really appreciate your time today. And a double thank you for interrupting your skiing break. I'm going to let you go back to the bar, all right, and join your mate. No,
1: no, no. no I'm not going to the bar. I'm going for a massage. Oh, even better. Good man. I am very impressed yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for a massage and then some dinner and a couple of beers and then probably not a late night cuz I'm I'm sore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not surprised. Well, safe flight home tomorrow. All right. And I'm sure we'll speak yes. to you again in the future. But once again, uh, Andrew Krimble, thank you for your time today. Appreciate that.
1: No problem.
0: Thank you for listening to the Partnership Podcast. Watch out for more details about Andrew's story in Safe Insight. All of our previous episodes are available online at goldencharter.busgrat.com including the full part FCA regulation miniseries that closed out 2021. You can also find us on a range of podcast apps and you can contact me directly if you have anything to contribute or suggest at malcolm.flanders at goldencharter.co.uk. Thanks again and I'll talk to you next time on the partnership podcast.